Hello and welcome to this episode of Understanding Macbeth. My name is Gemma Nemeth and in this podcast we go through some of the key scenes from the play, translating the language, identifying literary techniques and useful quotes and analysing the characters, structure and themes of the play in order to help you prepare for your exams. If you want to access additional episodes and other exclusive content, you can find more information about the full online Macbeth course at www.advanceacademic.co.uk forward slash Macbeth hyphen course. And if you listen until the end of today's episode, you will get a discount code for 20% off. Now let's get started with today's episode. Act two, scene four. Act two, scene four starts with the character Ross talking to an old man about the strange night that has just passed. The character of the old man acts as a reminder that the strange and terrible events of the play are not just affecting the few main characters that we see, but everyone in Scotland. The old man says that he has never experienced so terrible a night in his entire life. Ross then says, by the clock it is day and yet dark night strangles the travelling lamp. Is it night's predominance or the day's shame that darkness does the face of the earth entomb when living light should kiss it? So he is essentially saying that it is dark despite the fact that it is daytime. The personification of the dark night strangling the travelling lamp refers to the nighttime darkness blotting out the sun, with the verb strangles giving it that violent edge that is so appropriate to the events that have taken place and are still to take place later on in the play. He then asks if it is the night's superiority or the day's shame that entombs the face of the earth with darkness when it should be light. Again, the word entombs is very fitting for the occasion because of the connotations of death. We have lots of techniques and context we can refer to in this section, such as the classic symbolism of dark and light representing good and evil. So because of what Macbeth has done at this point in the play, evil is triumphing over good so darkness is more dominant than light. And because we have mention of both light and dark, we also have juxtaposition, the contrast between the living light and the entombing darkness. So we have light and life together, contrasting with darkness and death together. We also have pathetic fallacy again, nature reflecting the events of the play and the thoughts and feelings of the characters. In terms of context, this all goes back to the idea that what happens to the king happens to the rest of the country or land too. So because the king is dead, the whole country is experiencing this darkness. And this in turn is related to the divine right of kings and the great chain of being. Now that Macbeth has disrupted the great chain of being, he has brought about chaos. This is also shown in what the old man describes next. He says that recently he saw how a falcon towering in her pride of place was by a mousing owl hawked at and killed. So a falcon has been attacked and killed by an owl. This is the wrong way around. Normally we would expect that a falcon would be attacking an owl. But because of Macbeth committing the murder, he has disrupted the great chain of being. He has gone against the natural hierarchy. And so now the order of the world is in chaos. Because of what he did was so unnatural, unnatural things are also starting to happen in nature as well. Ross and the old man also discuss how Duncan's horses escaped from the stables and attacked and ate each other. So we have even more unnatural and violent occurrences 
to highlight the idea that the murder of the king has caused violence and disorder to occur in nature. Macduff then enters and informs Ross that Malcolm and Donald Bain have fled, and therefore it is suspected that they had arranged to have Duncan's servants commit the murder. Ross then says, against nature still. So he is saying that sons going against their father in that way is just as unnatural as all the other strange and terrible things that he has just been talking about with the old man. He then adds, thriftless ambition that will raven up thine own life's means. So he is saying that ambition is so destructive that it can cause people to raven, which means to violently take or seize something. Thine own life's means, the thing that gives them life. In this case, their father, Duncan. This is a good quote to use when discussing the theme of ambition in the play, because Ross is suggesting that ambition is a powerfully destructive force. It's strong and wicked enough to make sons turn on their father. Ross then says that surely this means that the sovereignty will fall upon Macbeth, meaning that with no clear heir to the throne, he assumes that Macbeth will become king. Macduff informs him and the audience that Macbeth has already been declared the new king and has gone to have his coronation. So we finish Act 2 with a clear picture of the world of the play in chaos and the murderous Macbeth now on the throne. Thank you for listening to Understanding Macbeth. I hope this was helpful for you in deepening your understanding of the play and getting you ready for your exams. If you want to access additional episodes and other exclusive content, you can find more information about the full online Macbeth course at www.advanceacademic.co.uk forward slash Macbeth hyphen course. And as a podcast listener, you can get 20% off any of the course packages by quoting the code MacbethPod. That's M-A-C-B-E-T-H-P-O-D. You can also reach out to me there about private tuition, revision support, and my practice paper marking service. Until next time, goodbye and happy studying.